Good morning. Everyone well? Good weekend? Great worship. Thank you guys. Love it. Just coming here and enter the worship and standing beside brothers and sisters. And uh, I've got a, a short word on um, the story of Jacob, um, which we're going to go through. I don't know if that slide is there. Um, but I want to tell a story about a man who struggled with pain. He was bent over um, and hunched over and struggled to walk about and move about. And so one day he visited his local church and he hobbled through the sanctuary all the way across the hall to the pastor's office. Um, all, in the meantime, the choir were practicing their worship for their, their um, worship at the weekend. And after 10 minutes, the man came out walking upright and moving with grace and speed and the choir director said, good gracious, has the pastor healed you by prayer and faith? And he said, no, he's just gave me a walking stick that's six inches taller, and off he went. And that's my plan today is to, we can use God's word and try and leave here this morning feeling six inches taller, upright, and feeling confident despite what we face um, outside in the world as Aaron wonderfully led in convening our trust and our faith is in Jesus and in God and his promise, our promises over our life. So I'm just going to move through Genesis. Last time I spoke, I used in the story of Abraham in Genesis, and this is following on to Jacob. You'll be familiar with the name if you read the Old Testament because um, often you'll hear the, it's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I'm sure your name would be in there as well, but there would be a lot of names to go through and a lot of ink for the writer but he is the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and us as well. So um, these guys were um, significant in Old Testament then God promised to do great things through the, the nation and to, he promised them many things and one of them was to give us a savior through the heritage and through the nation of Israel and as much as these men were well respected they were wealthy and they were powerful, and I was having a giggle to myself this morning because I wonder if they were on our electric tariffs, would they still be wealthy, or would they be like us? But they were considered to be wealthy and powerful and well-respected. But yet each one of them had um, shortfalls. They were capable of lying, they were capable of deceit, they were capable of selfishness, and they're not really the typical heroes that you might associate your, uh, with when you think about a hero in the Bible that they had these flaws as well. But they were in fact just like you and they were just like me. Ordinary people trying to please God, but we often fall short. And God in his grace and in his love always is there to pick us up and dust us down when we've got, we're in that place. But I have to say, this is why I love the Bible, because I think people look at the Bible as the holy book, that it should be perfect and flawless and everyone should be saints and angels. But that's not... What the, that's not how it's written when you read through you see people's um, shortfalls and uh, where they've messed up some of them on a whole another level messed up and yet God doesn't hide that the, it's truthful and it lets us see that no one's perfect but what it does show us is that regardless of where people are where they've got to that God will still use people with a heart for him he'll restore us and he'll build us up and he'll continue to pour out his love and his grace on us. So we're going to look at Jacob. You can read 
his specific life's journey between Genesis 25 all the way through to chapter 50. For obvious reasons, I'm not going to read all those chapters. <laughs> I'd probably send myself to sleep if I did listen to my own voice for that long. Um, but I would encourage you to read it. Um, does anyone use a study Bible? Anyone specifically? So at the bottom of your Bible, you've got footnotes and you can go into a world of depth reading the Bible. Sometimes you might just read scriptures and pass over stuff. But when you read the footnotes of a study Bible and get a different um, a viewpoint on it or it explains what the scripture is about, it can open up your whole world and your mind to how God can move and work in these situations. And um, I would encourage, if you don't have one, to invest in one. Sarah got me one um, when we were going out. I think it was our, my first ever Christmas present from Zara, and it's been my um, best and most used Christmas present I've ever received. And so, uh, recently, when my daughter Sophia was maybe uh, two or something, she was running about the living room with all these bits of paper in her hand, and we thought, that's cute, look at her. And so I was like, is that not half your Bible? <laughs> so my Bible starts like in the middle of Exodus now, not really Genesis 1. Uh, it's kind of, I need to probably look at um, and upgrading that. And yeah, such a valuable um, resource to have as a study Bible. So um, yeah, go for it, get yourself one. Um, so yeah, I want to talk about um, Jacob, um, and he has, his life is broken up into stages, so that's why it's would be encouraged you to read it, but he starts off, um, he deceives, and he's a bit mischievous, and up to all sorts of things, but I want to focus on Genesis 32, verse 22 to 30, um, and it's where Jacob struggles with God. During the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two servant wives, and his eleven sons and crossed the river with them. After taking them to the other side, he sent over all his possessions. This left Jacob all alone in the camp, and a man came and wrestled with him until dawn, the dawn began to break. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. Then the man said, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? The man asked. He replied, Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called Israel, because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Please tell me your name, Jacob said. Why do you want to know my name? The man replied. Then he blessed Jacob there. Jacob named the place Peniel, I think that's how you pronounce it, which means face of God, for he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. Wrestling with God, that's where I want to start with this morning. So maybe not physically, but spiritually and emotionally, we've probably all at some point found ourselves wrestling with God. And by that, I mean in our faith and our belief and our, um, our mindset towards God's goodness and His uh, love. We might um, not feel it, we might not experience it, um, we might have questions, questions about what's going on in the world. If God is the God of love, He claims He is, how can the world be in the condition that it actually is in? 
I want to start with the young people, teenagers, youth. You may be going through this wrestling season right now as you come to church. Perhaps you're not here by choice. You're here because your mom and dad would be in trouble with the law if you were left behind. So you've graciously came along to protect your mom and dad and make sure they're not in court on Monday morning. But I must say, what an incredible gift to have, an, an amazing start to life that you've been brought to church and that you've had that investment and the, um, the word, the experience of worship and hearing testimony from people who have, some people who have gone through hell and back and found Jesus on the other side who can stand, give testimony and encourage us as young people, us, you, sorry, I'm pushing the full roast in so I, I get it. I don't quite fit into that young, as they pointed out, a youth recently, Clara. Yeah, I'm not going there. I'll not call you out. <laughs> but I, I get it. I remember those years going to church when I was younger. I remember the standing in the congregation and in the, in the halls and listening to people trying to sing like Susan Boyle was auditioning for Britain's Got Talent and your ears were hurting <laughs> um, from the ladies behind giving it all, but fair play to them, like I'm the one who's been humbled. Um, and I remember the slides, we've got this tech technical or this techie set up. It used to be the old overhead projector and you would have to quickly flip, <laughs> flip the words over and, um, and they were all in different colors. And there were some songs where the men sung sung bits and the women sung the other. These are my experiences of church it was amazing and there was times when they did prayer and people fell over and i never quite got it and they had these dedicated teams to catch do you remember all these things these were my experiences uh growing up i, I could imagine had like dedicated catching teams you would stand behind in case they fell over and it was great to see but that was my experience from church but i was really just there because my parents took me there um and it takes a little bit of time to develop your own faith. And you may be like Jacob, you may be wrestling with God right now through the seasons of high school and, um, and moving into university. Um, and I, I just want to encourage you to be like um, Jacob. He persisted and he never gave up. And I want to encourage these young people to keep pushing and keep persisting in your faith and, um, yeah, just keep trying to, uh, taking what you're experiencing now because what you're getting here at church and with all these people and people um, and the worship and the prayers building up a, a foundation of God inside us that will help you guys as you grow up and get a bit older and start facing uh, life's challenges from a place of independence, that place that you're striving for every day and looking forward to. When you get there, it's not that exciting because when you get to that place where you could do anything you like, you often just want to lie on the couch and sleep, don't you? It's like there's something about being an adult. You get there and like, is this it? I just want to go. I want to lie and watch a movie. But when you're younger, you think you're going to conquer the world. So keep that mindset. You should actually do that. Um, yeah, so he, Jacob refused to give up. He kept fighting and pushing. And, and, and I know uh, I want to speak as well to those maybe a little bit further on in life. Um, that you're maybe struggling with your faith. We've all experienced it, I'm sure, at times. 
and the difficulty in those seasons where you just don't seem to, doesn't seem to lift. Has anyone been there? Am I on my own here? Because I've certainly been there like where prayer can be difficult, you don't feel the worship, you come to church and you're not feeling like you're really, it's not lifting and taking off inside you. Um, uh, one of the um, key things that I, I think from the Jacob when he was um, in that story is that God changed his name. And I know that some people in here are maybe struggling with life in general and have labeled themselves some stuff from the past, perhaps an alcoholic or a drug user or um, dealing with sexual immorality or people struggling with finances, people who have maybe been divorced and feel the, the weight and the, the embarrassment of, of a relationship falling apart. I, I'm not sure where your situation is or where you've came from in the journey that you're on. But what I want to encourage us from that Bible verse is that God changed Abraham's name. And by changing his name, he changed his identity. And this morning, God wants to do the same for each one of us. He wants to change our name and lift that label that we've put on ourselves and replace us with a new, give us a new identity in him. One that speaks life and encouragement and hope and not one that's um, dictated by our past because when we come to the cross and we come to Jesus Christ, he makes us new, he cleans us, puts on a a new garment, he promised a new crown of um, righteousness and at the end of having felt so much shame and yet just that one decision to follow Jesus and to go all out for him and to slowly let him repair and rebuild my life and get that new identity where I often, if I do think of things I've done in the past, I don't feel that they're a part of me, even though a a wee thought might come back of something I did that wasn't right, but it just feels like it wasn't me that did it. I I can't explain that, and maybe you have a similar experience, um, but I can only put it down to the testimony that when Jesus changes us from inside and he renews us, and he restores us on a daily basis. So I want to encourage anyone in here struggling just now, don't give up. Keep pushing, keep persevering, and keep fighting because there's a blessing at the end of every trial that you go through. And we fight a battle for your soul. There's a battle raging for your soul right now. And it's crucial that we keep fighting and keep pushing and trying to get that blessing. As we um, moved from one story to the next, is Jacob has matured and he's grown in his faith. We're going to fast forward a little bit because I'm not reading it all, as I says. Um, and he, he developed an assurance of who God was. He uh, took matters into his own hand at the beginning of his journey. And he wrestled with God. But then there becomes this maturing in God. And he knows who he is um, and where he stands and understands God. And um, we live in uncertain times just now. Um, There is a lot to be concerned about. um, And as Christians, we're meant to have this peace of heaven within us. I don't know if you often feel like you have that piece of heaven. Does anyone here subject or sometimes enter the, the worried state of mind? Does anyone 
dabble in that and they cross that line and we begin to think about what all these scenarios we're encouraged not to worry because it does nothing for our health um, but we often find ourselves going there it's a, it's a challenge that we'll face to try and uh, make sure that we keep living um, within the words of God and what he promises um, we can often let our minds run wild and uh, yeah such as our finances which is probably the biggest challenge that we'll all face I'm sure um, the cost of living when will it end but God's grace has brought you this far to today you're here today through God's grace and his goodness and I don't believe he's about to give up on us and let us to start struggle as Aaron said with that wonderful convening this morning just declaring God's goodness and his intentions for us and how we can look up and there's the answer to, uh, to prayer is God standing there ready to move in our situation. I'm not saying that it's going to be easy by any means, but it's time some, to put our faith to the test a little bit. We sing songs of God's goodness and his strength of character and how he moves and all these things. And here we are facing a time where our faith may be getting tested to how much we truly trust God and trust how he's going to move in our situations we used to um i used to be a roof tiler many years ago um when i left the school and we worked in a small business and there was a a sort of ongoing joke that we used to have and um we if somebody was to get stressed or flustered people would pick up on it and they would love it to see you in that place like oh you know they have a right banter with you you, you escape nothing on a building site i'm not sure what is like you are. You escape absolutely nothing. And if you messed up or got yourself stressed, because it, we were quite a competitive small group, every night after work, we had to wash our vans every single day, wash our vans, park them in the yard, and all of us had to stand in the boss's office and give a report of how much we managed to get done that day. Now you can imagine the competition, the pressure, um, it was like a, we used to do a lot of slating and, and it was like uh, it was a hard graph to get up through a whole pallet of slates on a roof and if you didn't hit that pallet mark there was questions raised and we would get quite agitated standing in this room knowing that at some point the spotlight was <laughs> going to come on you I'm sure my boss just did this for laughs like but if we started to like um, struggle to explain why we didn't achieve what was kind of expected, it would become quite obvious that we were getting nervous. And the common joke was, you're beginning to flap like a chicken. <laughs> so everyone would start doing this with their arms and you're standing there having to give an account and they would be like, oh, Stevie's flapping like a chicken. And the more they said it, the more worked up you got and irate you got. And they'd be like, oh, flapping like a chicken. And we used to get it even on site on the roof if we're like oh stressing out i can't get this to match up or that to match up and everyone would start doing this with their arms and stuff like that and i used to try, <laughs> it used to drive me mad but i used to give it as well to people and be like oh he's flapping like a chicken and i want to ask us as christians facing this time that we're in are we flapping like chickens or are we soaring like eagles like spoken about through all the verses in the Bible, which one would you identify yourself to be when you read the news right now and what's going on? Are you flapping like a chicken or are you soaring in the knowledge and understanding that God's goodness, 
and grace is on your life and he intends for you to still succeed and still do well and still prosper and still have an abundance over your life are you seeing yourself as that eagle soaring on the promises of God or are you flapping like a chicken <laughs> so there's a question for you to to think about uh, he's he is our provider and what, when I say our faith has been tested is because I, I, I challenge myself with this but I worship and I sing songs of God's testimony and his goodness but I don't think I always back it up in my life. I sing it, and I hear it being preached, but I don't think I really always apply it, and I don't think it's really my DNA as a Christian. I think my default is to go back to thinking of all the worst-case scenarios, um, and yet just the day before on a Sunday, I've been praising God and His goodness and how He can overcome and what He's done um, through all these Bible stories that we've put into song. I want to look at Jacob's transition in chapter 35. He's matured, and he's, and he's moving on in his journey. And this is what it says in chapter 35. Then God said to Jacob, get ready and move to Bethel and settle there. Build an altar there to the God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. So Jacob told everyone in his household, get rid of all your pagan idols, purify yourself, and put on clean clothing. We are now going to Bethel, where I will build an altar to the God who answered my prayers when I was in distress. He's been with me wherever I have gone. So they gave Jacob all their pagan idols and earrings, and he buried them under the great tree in Yosekim. As they set out, a terror from God spread over, spread over the people and all the towns of that area, so no one attacked Jacob's family. You can see the transition in Jacob's life as you read it. But listen to these two key sentences. I'm now going to Bethel where I'll build an altar to the God who answered my prayers when I was in distress. Listen to the next one. He's been with me wherever I have gone. I want you to grasp that today. That in any distress, God hears your prayers any anxiety about what lies ahead, the cost of living crisis and what's going on in the world, he answers your prayer when we're in distress. And he's been with you wherever you've gone. You're here today, you've got a story, you've been on a journey, and God's been a part of that. Whether you've been aware of it or not, God's always been there calling out to you, or when you got saved, he walks with us. Um, but he's been with us wherever he's gone. And I, I want to encourage you guys today that he's with us in this season and with everything that's going on. He's not left us and um, departed from us to see how we get on. He's with us. He's been with us and will continue to be with us as we move forward. But I want to ask in this season, see, as we begin to look at our home energy, we're looking at ways we can save some money Sarah, <laughs> who thinks we don't have a cold tap in the house, everything is hot. Um, yeah, uh, the heating situation, the lights getting left on in every single room. Oh, the sound of my voice <laughs> with a microphone this time, Zara. 
seriously, guys, I'm going to start a business. You get a solenoid open and close valve on a timer on your hot water pipe coming out your boiler. One hour of water in the morning, one hour of water in the afternoon, savings all day long. <laughs> so yeah, we are looking at ways to tighten up, aren't we? How can we cut back and, you know, be in control of our finances? But I, wanna, I want us to go into a season coming out of COVID. How can we strip back and tighten up spiritually? We're now probably entering a time where we'll begin to depend more on God. And I mean that in the sense that sometimes when life's just easy and good, we almost can just get into a place of comfort where everything's just fine and I'm good and I have nothing to worry about. But all of a sudden these challenges come along and we see war starting on our doorstep and we start to think, maybe I need to get, God will use that to bring us back closer to him. That's how God's always worked through his word, was to bring people closer to him. And I want to ask if there's anything in your life that Jacob encouraged his people to do, was to strip back. The first thing he said to them, give, give up all your idols. I don't know why earrings, they'd be expensive. Why would you borrow the earrings? The wife's probably been at them for ages. But I think they were good luck charms, if I'm honest, from what I've studied but he encouraged them to give up their idols. And I want to ask us to look inside within ourselves. Have we developed idols within our life that have taken place before God? Maybe that idol of our savings account. Maybe the idol of our business, our career, our family, whatever. Has something come between you and God that's become more of a priority and um, more of a, a drive in our life? And as we go into this season, I just can we strip back and tighten up spiritually? You know, I had a, a, a meal with a work colleague or a friend through work um, recently. And he was mentioning things. He knows I'm a Christian. Um, he joined one of our Zoom, um, one or two of our Zoom meetings at the early stages of COVID, which was amazing. And he still speaks so highly of it. Um, but he has his um, objections, if you like, to, to the goodness of God when you see all that's going on in the world. And he said something to me. Um, up until that point, we'd been having a back and forward conversation, and um, the, he'd been challenged, and I'd been trying my best to sort of give a, you know, a, a graceful response to the gospel um, without going in too heavy. And one thing he said to me was this. How come you read about all the miracles in the Bible, but you don't see any of it today? That must suggest that it wasn't true. And I struggled with that one because I thought, I am, I stand in that place that, that I carry the presence of God and filled with the Holy Spirit that I should be praying for people more. And, and when people need prayer for healing or preaching the gospel more and having testimonies to share and I felt a, a, a deep conviction within me and I thought maybe I've just become so comfortable with life and I haven't been exercising my faith enough and perhaps I've built up idols within myself and I've lost a hunger and a passion for the lost because I'm all right I'm saved but what about all those that aren't and it was an amazing 
moment, and, I, and you know, it took me to Luke 18, 18 um, verse 8, or other way about, I can't remember if I've written it down, but Jesus says, where on earth when I, will, I, will I find faith? And I felt a huge conviction within myself to think, am I actually living out the faith that I should be? Am I declaring that God's been with me and is with me and has been with me and answers my prayers? Or have I just slipped into this comfortable way of living and become almost dormant in my faith? And it was stirred up within me in that one moment. Why don't we see it? And I felt almost like guilt from myself. I'm not speaking for the church because I feel like, well, he's my contact, point of contact, and yet I've never somehow managed to let him see that the kingdom of God is alive, that God is doing miracles and wants to do miracles and can do miracles in his life. I've let a fear of man replace the fear of God. And I was so encouraged reading Jacob, how he developed through his journey and got to a place where he was assured in his faith and he was taking leadership and ownership um, of his life over his family. And I want to encourage us as parents, as mums and dads, husbands and wives to take up our authority um, and to uh, walk with faith and to help our kids and to build them up um, in the truth and the knowledge of God and his ways. And I, I, I would just like to pray this morning, but not me, because I don't feel that it's the bit I'm very good at. I'm going to invite somebody else up that I haven't asked, and they'll probably kick me in the shins when they get here. But um, Pradeep, don't worry, it's not you, but could you play the keys for us? That would be awesome. <laughs> and um, Joe, come on. If you've not been on a Tuesday night prayer meeting and heard this lady pray, you're missing out. This lady has the fire of God upon her. And I'm going to ask her to pray for each one of us because we spoke through it there last week, two weeks ago after Stuart preached, um, and <laughs> it must have been you, you stood in it, it's like Mario Kart or something. <laughs> it's like one of those keyboards in, um, what's it, the movie? I can't remember. Yeah, we spoke and we were talking about the, Stuart mentioned the ember that was inside us, the, um, that was still there and how God could fan it into something, that gift. And, um, and, I, and we spoke about it and Jerry as well. It was probably one of the best 20 minutes I've experienced in that cafe and at that moment I thought Joe needs to pray for us I just wonder if you could pray the fire of God the peace of God for anyone who needs Jesus if would you be so willing to pray for us can we stand up and encourage her and it's different today we don't have a full band but I just think we pray the Holy Spirit would come and move and we could see us with our solid faith going into difficult times and to stand like a, a light top of a hill and let people see Jesus with inside each of us if there's anything we need to lay down this is the moment to do some joke. 